A federal jury in New York has just found that former President Donald Trump committed battery against E. Jean Carroll. Carroll is a 79-year-old former columnist and later defamed her while denying her claim that he raped her in a department store dressing room in the 1990s. This is a huge news day, and I'm going to comment on it just a little bit and then draw your attention back to what's really important. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. As you can see, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm coming at you again from my hotel here in Williamstown, Kentucky at the Ark Encounter. And I've met so many of you here, and I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing through the ministry of Answers in Genesis. Wanted to let you know that on Thursday night, an event that is open to the public for women uh, is a mom's night out that I do. And I take questions there. We'll talk a little bit about the importance of really shepherding children in such a time as this. What does it look like to shepherd children while really the world is on fire? And uh, I am just, I'm going to be bringing some really great interviews to you. Also, I will be interviewing my friend, Ken Ham, and he's going to be doing a live Q&A for those of you who are members at the Faith That Speaks Mom Strong International Community. And we will be doing that at some point today, this afternoon. Also, I'll be interviewing Martin Isles. And I'm telling you what, you guys, uh, there are some really, really exciting uh, voices that are up and coming in the evangelical community who are speaking to what's happening in our culture right now with tremendous clarity and conviction. Martin is one of those people. I can't wait for you guys to hear him at the Off the Bench podcast. I want to comment just a little bit on what is happening in the news right now. Of course, you know, broke the internet yesterday when the jury ruled that Trump did indeed commit battery on this woman, E. Jean Carroll, and then defamed her. Of course, it's all over the news. I read this on the Daily Wire. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But they said the jury in the trial rejected Carroll's claims that Trump raped her. The former president was ordered to pay a total of $5 million to Carol, $2 million for battery, and $3 million for defamation. The jury of six men and three women deliberated for a little over two and a half hours before returning their unanimous verdicts. Listen, I don't know what you uh, what you guys thought was going to happen if Trump had a case go to trial in New York, in New York City in particular, but I'm shocked and amazed that they didn't move this to a different location no way on God's green earth that he's going to get a fair shake in New York. I mean, they hate him there. So this was a Clinton-appointed judge, uh, uh, E. Jean Carroll, friends with the Clintons. This has, you know, the, this just reeks of the deep state. Trump, of course, fighting back, no surprise. He responded on social media writing, I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Trump's team later released a statement saying that they are going to appeal the case, which they described as an effort from the Democratic Party to stop the former president's 2024 campaign. Quote, Trump will never stop fighting for the American people, no matter what the radical Democrats dream up next. The statement said this case will be appealed and ultimately we will win. Uh, I I just to me, this is just it. It's, it's so it's plain as the nose in your face, right? The legacy media, the mainstream media. They will never deviate from their Operation Mockingbird headlines, which we see all the time, right? They're going to parrot the same talking points all across the uh, the media platforms that they have had access to 
for literally decades in this country. And so I don't expect anything good to come out of it. I will say this. I I expect President Trump will fight this. I think he's going to appeal it with everything that's in him. And I do think I agree. I mean, this this case is over 25 years old. It to me, I don't understand. I'm not a lawyer, but I thought there was such a thing as the statute of limitations. This is obviously an attempt to disqualify Trump from running in the 2024 elections. And uh, I told you guys yesterday, and I continue to uh, stick to my guns on this. Listen, I'm not coming out and saying who I would vote for in 2024. I think it's way too early for us to be doing that. Now's the time to be doing our homework. Now's the time to be praying that God opens our eyes and gives us discernment. There isn't a human being on the planet and Trump is among them who is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But boy, this thing reeks to high heaven. And uh, I really hope that uh, Trump appeals it. I frankly hope they move it. They should be applying for a change of venue. I'm not really sure why that uh, was denied or maybe they didn't apply. I don't understand why it was held in New York in the first place. But I don't think this is the last that we're going to hear of what's going on. And it's interesting to hear the media now talking about this. Take a listen. This came from this was breaking news right after the jury reached its verdict. David, this uh, jury reached its verdict in a little bit of under three hours of deliberations after getting the case earlier today. And they found that E. Jean Carroll was battered and defamed by former President Trump. Interestingly, David, the jury did not find that Carroll proved by a preponderance of evidence that Trump actually raped her. However, they did find a lesser degree of battery, finding that Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll in that department store in the mid-1990s. And for that, they awarded $2 million in compensatory damages, another and uh, more damages were awarded for defamation. They found that Trump did defame Carroll in the form of a social media statement from October of 2022, in which he said that Carroll was not his type, in which he called her claim a, a hoax and a con job. And for that, the jury awarded another uh, $2 million in compensatory damages, uh, all told. So it's a, a real win for E. Jean Carroll. She was seated between her two attorneys, Sean Crowley and Roberta Kaplan, clutching their hands, their arms around her, uh, a satisfied smile on her face. And behind her, the defense attorney for former President Trump, who was not here, he did not show up to this trial, but his defense attorney, Joe Tacopina, sat back in his seat in defeat. It's amazing to me, as we continue to watch the this story unfold, that uh, that there's not more people speaking into the space as to where this where this trial was taking place. What is the atmosphere in New York? Who is this judge? Uh, so many things that we should be concerned about as American people, and not just because we're talking about President Trump. Listen, I'm not one of those people that believes that President Trump can do no wrong. I'm not even saying that I'm committed to voting for him in the 2024 primaries. I'm just saying. I believe that our system of justice in this country has been uh, maligned, has been hijacked. And I think there are a lot of people that share my opinion that we can no longer trust our judicial system in the United States. And so we've got, you know, huge issues around our medical community, huge issues around our education system in this country, obviously massive problems with the CDC and the World Health Organization and a lot of these giant conglomerates 
that have proven to be untrustworthy and are operating with agendas that go outside of the well-being of the American people. And we've got a lot to be concerned about, I think, going into the 2024 elections. I have never seen anything like it. I mean, we have a president in the White House right now who really, if you if you do your homework, and again, the legacy media, the mainstream media, they're not covering this story, but Hunter Biden is a career criminal. They're making very, very sharp connections between what Hunter Biden has done, which frankly is morally reprehensible. They've got absolute uh, now, it uh, looks like, evidence that this guy has been using prostitutes and women who have been trafficked. The mainstream media is giving no, no airspace to the Biden crime syndicate. But boy, I'll tell you what, uh, this verdict against President Trump is all over the headlines right now. So I'm just going to continue to pray that we have discernment, that the Lord opens our eyes, and that we don't get hung up in this to the point where we are wringing our hands. It goes back to jurisdiction. I'm already hearing from a lot of you who are messaging me via social media and uh, at my email address. And my opinion remains the same as it did before the verdict came out. I think that this is the time for us to be asking God to reveal everything that needs to be revealed so that we have clear eyes when we go to choose who's going to be representing us in the White House running in 2024, taking over the White House in 2025. I continue to believe that Joe Biden is not mentally fit. I think he has the the mental acumen of a child at this point. It's embarrassing. I saw an interview that he did just a couple of nights ago with someone who was actually on his side trying to get him to uh, to speak with clarity. He cannot speak with clarity because he is mentally unfit for the job. And so you guys, uh, keep your keep your eyes open and your ears open, but be uh, assuming a posture of prayer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. While I'm here at the Ark Encounter, and again, uh, we're having an incredible time of ministry here, a lot of really wonderful people, really wonderful speakers, world-class speakers that they bring out for these events every single year. And I was speaking on something I'm called Lighting a Thousand Fires. And so it's the talk that I've been giving this season to audiences all across the United States. And I believe that we are called to be both salt and light in this generation, to be the men and women that expose the truth, that show up to defend the truth, that we speak the truth wherever God gives us opportunity. Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And in a culture where rampant immorality exists, where we are legalizing things that make the heart of our Creator God uh, grieve, it becomes harder and harder to maintain a God-honoring lifestyle. But you guys, this is something we absolutely must do. 
to to be committed to holiness, this idea of living a set-apart life so that our light can shine into a growing darkness. In scripture, the world is pictured as a dark place that requires the illumination of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And we are not supposed to be uh, secret agent saints, right? We are supposed to be men and women who expose the truth, who speak the truth, who speak the truth in love so that the truth is exposed and the gospel is spread. And that really is what we are called to do in this generation. The other day I was talking to you guys about Revelation chapter 21. And when I was in Pigeon Forge the other day, I read uh, almost all of Revelation 21. I'm thinking about, I'd love to hear your feedback on this, but I'm thinking about taking my women's Bible study back through again, the book of Revelation. It's been several years since we've done that study, but it's called People Get Ready. And it's just an in-depth, verse-by-verse walk through the book of Revelation. And in Revelation, the Bible uh, issues a very significant warning uh, to those who are reading it. The chapter opens up with sinners of all of the ages, both the demons and men, including Satan, the beast, and the false prophet in the lake of fire forever. The whole universe by this time has been destroyed and God has created a new universe to be the eternal dwelling place of the redeemed, a new heaven and a new earth. And the entire universe as we know it now is going to be destroyed according to 2 Peter 3 and be replaced by a new creation that will last forever. And so starting in verse 20, uh, in verse one of chapter 21 of Revelation, you see John in his vision, he says, he saw a new, ev- a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no more sea. He says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is a verse that we hear often, and many Christians don't realize the context that it is coming in, talking about the new heavens and the new earth. There'll be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And then uh, he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Heaven belongs to those who, knowing their souls, are damaged by sin, have earnestly sought the salvation and satisfaction that only comes through knowing Jesus. And right after uh, we get this description of the new heaven and and the new earth, John is given a very serious warning about the kind of people who will be outcasts in this new heaven and new earth into the lake of fire. The New Testament often goes beyond just citing unbelief in the listing character and lifestyle traits of an outcast so the believers can identify such people. So let's look at it. Revelation 21, verse eight. This is the the, the list of um, character traits and lifestyle choices that the Bible says are going to result in people being outcasts in the new heaven and the earth. In other words, cast into the lake of fire. This is verse eight, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, And all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The second death, of course, 
being the, the death that you don't come back from. There are no second chances after you've stood before the judgment seat of Christ. And I think it's interesting that the very first trait that is listed there is cowardice. God hates it. And yet we have an entire generation of so-called pastors and Christian leaders who are cowardly in their approach to sin, in their approach to cultural issues. Uh, I continue to just be baffled that we are not focused on the gospel and, right? We have been a gospel or society for a very long time, the gospel or education, the gospel or politics, the gospel or entertainment. And there have been very few voices that have spoken into that void. But according to God's word, it should be the gospel and the gospel and politics, the gospel and entertainment, the gospel and and uh, and education, the gospel and medicine. The gospel should permeate our lives and bring hope and healing wherever God has given us a passion to be. And so our faith should be a faith that speaks. It should speak into the political realm. And I opened up the podcast today talking about this defamation suit that has now been uh, gone through, you know, played its way at least the first round uh, through the courts in New York, because I want to drive home a point that I was making yesterday. We are well beyond in the United States, and I think this is true around the world, of simply being able to just say, well, this it's a Republican or Democrat issue. These are issues of right and wrong. This is literally good versus evil. And I told you that as I ran for Congress, my biggest disappointment, my, 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 the heartbreak of running for Congress for me was watching people that said that they were conservatives, many of whom purported to be Christians and who said that they were active in their local churches, show absolutely no discernment. The, um, the wickedness that's inside of the Republican Party cannot be overstated. But the fact remains that we still cling to, or at least I'm trying to, to the platform of conservatism. In other words, the Republican Party, the party of a protection for the unborn. We are the party that believes in marriage between one man and one woman. And so we hang on to the party platform and realize that many people in leadership in the party do not, at their core, adhere to those things. So many people are political opportunists. They're looking to get into a position of authority so that they can have their 10 minutes of fame or whatever it is that they're looking for. We've got to do better in choosing our leaders in choosing those people who represent us at the local level, choosing the people who represent us in our local parties. But the party structure is very, very important. And we're never going to, to move beyond where we are now in terms of getting good people to run for office, in terms of having people who are actually yielded to the Holy Spirit and have the uh, the discernment that comes from knowing Christ and calling on God for wisdom, boy, you guys, we're going to be in trouble. Because if we're, if we're just counting on getting morally good people, that's not going to do it. Morally good people are still, according to God's word, wicked, evil people whose thoughts are continually evil. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that this is absolutely true in our own personal lives. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. 
Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. As I am here in Williamstown at the Ark Encounter, and today I will be, this is Wednesday, so today I'm going to be at uh, the Creation Museum speaking there. Can't wait to meet a bunch of you. But my rallying cry and what I've been telling audiences all over the country as I'm traveling this this season is get right with the Lord. Get right with the Lord. The only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. And unless we are willing to stand up for the gospel, to stand in defense of what God says in his word is true, unless we are willing to champion not what we believe, but what God believes out into the culture, we're going to continue to see this uh, this slow and steady and ever increasing decline in our country. So I hope you guys will join me in just praying for our country and praying that the truth tr- the truth prevails. And honestly, if Trump is guilty of this thing, which you know, I, I frankly have so much uh, distrust in what's happening in New York right now that I don't I I hold that verdict with just a, a grain of of salt because I don't think that Trump can get a fair shake. But if he is guilty of this thing, then I pray it comes to light. I want to just encourage you to continue to pray for the country uh, and not to believe, I would say, almost everything that you hear on the news right now, because we cannot get the, the, the straight story anymore. They are repeating narratives. They're not telling the truth. They are committed to a narrative that they want pushed out into the culture. Our news media, I'm sorry, is corrupt. It's as corrupt as the government and this is a sad time for the United States, but we still have the hope that at one of these days, guys, and it's getting it's getting closer and closer every day, that the Lord of Heaven's armies is going to make this right. I'm going to come back uh, for happy hour today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about woke culture. What's the antidote to woke culture? And give you a, a couple of ways that I think you can ground your family in truth right now as we wade through this stuff and not let it burden and bog you down. That really is important because many of us are raising children in this culture. Many of us have kids that are coming of age right now, and they don't need to feel this sense of hopelessness. We have a, a, a vision for the future as Christians, and that is, what does God want me to do? If my faith found its feet, where would God take me? If my faith found its voice, what would God have me say? What is my response? to the rising waters of woke culture. If you're Heidi St. John, your response has been, let's start establishing homeschool learning centers all across the country. Let's start building educational arcs so that parents can rescue their kids out of these disgusting uh, waters and put them into a safe place where they will be a nurtured body, soul, mind, and spirit. And so that's my response. What's your response? What is it that God would have you do in light of everything that we see happening in the culture right now? So rather than get upset by what you see in the news, Come before the Lord in prayer, and God's going to give you the answers that you need. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are subscribed to the show, stick around, and we'll be right back. If you are not subscribed to the Heidi St. John podcast, it's very easy to do it. Just head on over to Spotify, click on the on the link that says subscribe, and you're going to get a little bit extra every day. I'm trying to do it every day, definitely trying to do it three times a week. It's hard when I'm traveling 
but we're trying to give you guys a little bit of extra content and kind of behind the scenes look at the ministry here and just encourage you. And also you'll have access to the speakers that are on my podcast and special offers and things like that. So the way to do that, again, just go into spotify.com and click on the subscribe button. You guys, we love you. Um, I'm excited to, to bring our guests tomorrow to the show and you're gonna love hearing from them. My friend, Ken Ham and also Martin Isles in here, right here at Williamstown, Kentucky from Australia. Hoping he's not jet lagged tomorrow because I'm going to be interviewing him and you guys are not going to want to miss it. This guy is straight fire. He is speaking to the culture with calm, clarity, and conviction, which is exactly what we need right now. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow.